the guys from the back pocket have hit episode number 34, the season finale, on December 18th, 2017. Can you believe it, Deck? Uh, absolutely not. We've made it this far. We've made it to uh, our end of the year um, as far as the season, and uh, this is fantastic. What a, what a journey it's been. Um, I can't wait to get after uh, what's to be our uh, one of our best episodes. Um, so let's get after it today. Um, Andrew, average quality, as we always do. Yep, so 34 in a row, um, you know, being very humble and being willing to admit what we're average at. Yeah, 30, uh, yeah 34 average qualities. <laughs> continuously, we keep putting out content of being average. It's, I just thought of something. It's like, uh, it's like the 30 for 30, like 30, 30 film writers, 30 directors, whatever. Yes. It's 34 podcasts, 34 average qualities. The guys from the back <laughs> And, uh, you know, just another average quality here. Um, that we've realized pretty, we've realized this well before, uh, probably around podcast 15, but we really just haven't been improving at it, um, so it just remained average. Um, this is taking pictures of our guests, whether it's before, during, or after the interview. Um, you know, we, we've probably gotten, I'd say out of the 34 times we've had a, a podcast, I'd say we have 15. Yeah, well, I would say we're on like a, we're probably more around the 17 range, we're okay. at a 50% turnout. Gotcha. Um, yeah, but... It's so funny because, you know, we, we're so focused on the interview at hand, you know, nailing that, making sure whenever, if they come over here to the den, like, we're good at, you know, greeting them when they get to the door, you know, being super, having, be, having good communication beforehand. Manners. Yeah, shaking their hand, having good manners, everything. And the one thing that we always forget, like, it's not even, like, right after, it's usually, like, two hours later or the day after, you know, some time later, and we're like, oh, crap, we forgot to take a picture. And so, you know, we've begun doing the uh, the GoPro stuff, or the YouTube stuff. Yeah, we had a quick stint with that. Yeah, we'll, it'll, it'll come back. It'll come back. Mm-hmm. It's we're, The GoPro just hasn't been uh, nice to us. Our battle with the GoPro could also be an average quality. We've mentioned that with the YouTube page. But that was really nice because when we were interviewing our guests, we just had the GoPro. We could take screenshots from our interview with that, and that had a great photo right there. So there's really no need. Um, but yeah, that we've struggled uh, at ends with yeah. this photo, and that's and led into just like it being wildly average at social media. In general. Yeah, and that yeah that really brings to life our social media woes. Um, I mean, we are up to like a thousand followers on Instagram now, which is kind of subtle cool. brag. Yeah, not to brag, but something something that we have that we can say now. Um, we guarantee, granted, we do follow like twenty seven hundred, but <laughs> so less than half the people follow us back. However. Um, you know, your your guys' support is uh, fantastic. It's but, a give-and-take relationship. Yeah, and what's great is, you know, I uh, you and I post a lot of the social media stuff, and it's funny to see or to gauge, like, what photos are, act- like, get the most responses. So, like, we would say, like, a happy birthday to Lorch post, and that got unbelievable ratings and reach. Reach is what they call it, like, on social media, so, you know, get with the terms. So our reach for... Uh, Austin Lorch was actually pretty impressive, and then like I posted our Greg Kriege episode the other day, and then that reach was like thirty percent of what Lorch's was, and yeah. that and Lorch wasn't even an episode; it was just telling Lorch happy birthday. So it's all it's a, it's a curious uh, world, yeah. and we uh, we're just average. Yeah, we're just battling it mm-hmm. one one uh, one one episode at a time, I guess. Uh, so trapping the puck here and moving to uh, our Christmas theme podcast. I mean, what better way to finish off the season than talking about Christmas? And yeah. uh, as if it's not talked about enough. Exactly. I mean, it is. I don't think it is because oh. well, Christmas- what we're about to talk about is not talked about enough. Sure. Um, I just love Christmas, so any conversations I can have are revolving around it. 
I'm just enlightened, and it brightens my day. I agree. Like, the one time, you know, there's always the Scrooges out there who are like, I'm so sick of... The Lorches. Yeah, the Lorches of the world are going to tell you, I don't like All I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey played 10,000 times from November to December. And there's going to be all these people that are like, I just really hate, like, the Black Friday deals, and I really hate, like, you know, having to go and shop for Christmas presents, which we'll get to later. But, like, you know, there's always these complaints and decorating, gotta put the lights up, you know, all these things, and it's like, dude, this is a one-year thing, or a a annual event, and it's, you know, it's such a finite time every single year, and you for and it's, it comes around so subtly that you forget about it, and then you, and when it comes back around the next year, you're, you got, just gotta get excited about it again. Just never take it for granted. Yeah, never take Christmas for granted, because it might get taken away from us, maybe. We don't know. You don't know. (laughs) Christmas can be taken away from us. Yeah. With climate change, I, we have no idea. Maybe we figure out when Jesus was actually born. <laughs> that could totally change everything. It could change everything. Change uh, a big time your, dynamic. Your immune system could fault on you, and you might not be here anymore. Go oh. ahead and listen to Joe Mansky to prevent that. Yeah. Podcast so, number 32. Yeah. So, there you go. Thank you, Andrew. And so there's just a lot of things that you, you don't want to take Christmas for granted. And uh, we're, we're going to go ahead and get into our Christmas conversation, because uh, we love to talk about it in Christmas you know, needs to be talked about. Um, so, you know, right away, I mean, with Christmas comes the Christmas tra- traditions that you guys probably hate. So, you know, let's, let's get after it. Um, this is, all right, so I'm going to start. Or with, love. Yeah, yeah, or most love. people love. Yeah, this is one that, you know, it's a give and take. There's a few things you like, a few things you, you don't like. Um, and this, this Christmas tradition, decorating the Christmas tree. You know, this, I haven't been able to decorate the Christmas tree in probably three Christmases now because... Uh, my parents do it before I get home for the holiday break. Um, and the tradition that I always appreciated about decorating the Christmas trees, everyone has their own like handcrafted ornaments that we put up on there, um, each sibling. So my little brother tends to put his ornaments on the very front and center that he created in preschool. And like my parents kept them. I love, I love that, that we had to, like, from preschool to like third grade we, they just the Christmas activities were like create an ornament yes. and they still mean so much today oh they There's, mean a tremendous amount it's awesome I Parents have love stupid Moms, little eat that up yeah I have stupid little trinkets on yeah. <laughs> Christmas tree every year of just my creations when I was you, you create the, you got so those small. popsicle sticks that you put in like a triangle and yeah. then you put uh, eyeballs at the top so that, and like a red nose at the bottom and yeah. it looks like a reindeer mine is uh, I think I have just like a piece of wood <laughs> it's literally a piece of wood with my name on it it written like horribly priceless I'm like yeah that's me that's who, that's who I was back then so Matthew always puts those ornaments on the very front of the tree okay and when I'm decorating I always take those ornaments and I put them to the back oh nice that's my favorite tradition yeah, stinks. It, he stinks <laughs> it doesn't need to be the face of our family let's take his ornaments and put them in the back yeah. and make people used... work to find where Matthew's at exactly and then he used to throw temper tantrums and then I would be like just bully him, probably. Um, <laughs> allegedly. Yeah, allegedly. Tis the season of being carried, right? <laughs> oh, another great tradition. Uh, this is a classic. Doesn't really need to be elaborated too much on, but the uh, milk and cookies for Santa. Of course, you're going to put in the hour and a half to make the sugar cookies for Santa and then mm. eat them yourself. So, I mean, that's that's how I always do it. I mean, because you always make, like, you, you make everything a mess now. You're, you're not going to make any money off of just making one cookie for Santa. you got to make, like, 12. Make a mess, yeah. And then from the 12, you know, Santa's not going to eat 12 cookies. He's got all like, the other kids. Yeah, he's got, yeah, he's got, like, every house is making 12 cookies for him. Yeah. So he's probably going to eat maybe a bite of one. So you're like, all right, that's cool. I'll take the other 11 and a half. <laughs> Sometimes even the one he eats. <laughs> um, uh, another one when, uh, 
you know, some parents have you sit at the top of the stairs, and w- and while they're finishing, like, setting up the presents or whatnot. Oh, nice, And nice. then they bring out the camera, uh, the video camera, like, the old-fashioned, like, this is not their phone, this is actual video uh. camera. And uh, you're sitting at the top of the stairs, and they're asking you, like, have you been a nice boy this year? Do you deserve <laughs> presents? Is it going to be cold? Yeah! yeah! And you're just, like, bouncing off the walls, like, hitting each other. Like, yeah, the electricity in the room at, like, 6.30 a.m. probably yeah. is just unreal. It's like holding each other back yeah. before, like, a football game. Here's here's what I want to know. I mean, as we, you know, transition to adults, uh, it's not too far away. I want to know how hard it is to set up Christmas for kids. Like, I mean, Santa's always going to take care of some of the, uh, the, the presents and the setup. But, again... The parents are the driver for where the presents are being set up. They're put under the Christmas tree, assigning presents to who. Every every kid's got multiple presents, um, and then I'm sure it's a late night routine because you got to put the kids to bed. You got to you know get your coffee. I'm assuming, and then you know fire it up after that. So, it, you know it's 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 tough. I don't. I, I really want to know how uh, if anyone could get any marketing interns that are parents out there that could. Uh, you know, give us some feedback on how what the process is of like getting Christmas ready for kids. Mm-hmm. And within that feedback, maybe you can leave that under the review of iTunes. Oh yeah, Go give ahead us and subscribe a, and, and give us a five star review, and then leave your comment on iTunes as to how you prepare for Christmas as a parent. And if you and if you don't have an iPhone. Uh, you could also go to yourbackpockets.com and listen there, or uh, any anywhere on social media. We're also there as well. Yep. So uh, make us make us part of your day. Appreciate that. Um, so that goes hand in hand the recording and then you running down the stairs, sprinting, ready to open yeah, those. Presents. I, I have like, a great uh, story about that. Please brief. Please um, describe. So Aiden, uh, my little brother. Um, so we all used to live upstairs, and one year, you know, we all go downstairs to open our presents as a family. And uh, one year, Aiden was, you know, a little overexcited, and he pretty much, uh, he was running down the stairs with a little too much tempo, and just totally did a face plant, and just fell down the stairs, and then just got up and was like, it's Christmas, I'm not hurt. Yeah, I'm not hurt. It's a mindset. <laughs> it was, it was good. And then he was fine. Santa was with him Sa- on that yeah, day. Santa saved Christmas just because... He His spirit. Like, Aiden's Christmas spirit saved Christmas, dude. It's exactly like Elf, dude. The Santo meter or whatever you call it. I forget what it's called. Full belief. Yeah, full belief. Kid was all in. It's fun awesome. to watch. Uh, then you got the Christmas cards, like taking those pictures. I personally never had to worry about it because my mom would just take a use a picture that she had, like we'd taken throughout the year. And oh, okay. Like, so like, you guys are more of like a situational Christmas picture. Exactly. Like, oh, like, whenever we went on like a family a really, vacation, yeah. they're like, get together, this will be our Christmas card type Right, thing. right, right. Okay. Yeah, so that is not how my life has been. Um, so you're lucky, to say the least. Um, my family, uh, we we get together every year, roughly November. You know, the leaves are still on the trees. Thanksgiving, somewhere. probably. Yeah, Thanksgiving. Uh, and, yeah, we go out and take our picture. Um, we usually have the kid, my, my buddy from down the street, he, like, knows that he has to be available at, like, 10 o'clock the day, of, the day before Thanksgiving every year to go and take our picture. And, you know, my mom just chooses a random spot, you know, we go, we have a blast, and it's not a blast, actually, I take that back, we take, like, 400 pictures, what it seems like, and then we pretty much, you know, get together, you know, so there's always someone not smiling or looking good, you gotta find your window, I don't know what that means, there's just all these stupid little stipulations that, you know, make a Christmas card, um, and so it sucks to make it, it ends up looking pretty good, I would say the best part about the Christmas cards is, like, when you're looking at them, 
and from like other families, it's just so funny to see the different dynamics of like people's approaches at it. Like Absolutely. you got the Andrew approach, you yeah. know, we were together at one point in the year. Here's what it looks like. And then, uh, then you got other kids or other families who are got like a collage. It's like a collage. Like it's like one kid here by himself and the other two kids. And here. Then they put like a description underneath, like this is what they did this year in 2017. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and then, you're like, Ooh, that's a little too much. Yeah. And, and it's getting to the time now where like, if your parents include like you and your girlfriend in the picture, like that means like, oh, oh you're probably going to marry her. Yeah. We're in that, we're in that stage right now. Well, we're not because no. they're not we're, true. Correct. Our girlfriends are by, by no means in our Christmas, Christmas cards yet. Holy well cow. said. Well That'll said. Be, whew, However, we'll cut you that. know, <laughs> when you reach to the point, in, like when you're 20s and you have that picture, right. when you're in the card. Sure, that's when it could happen. That's yeah. what I meant by that. Okay, good oh. save, though, Zach. God, man, just watching out for you. Yeah, watch um, out for us. Yeah, I will say though, uh, friend of the program, uh, leading marketing intern for the 40 plus range for demographics, uh, Jackie Doomer. Um, unbelievable Christmas card this year. She did. She's a graphics design. Um, I don't know, she's not an engineer, but she's just a graphic design artist, and she put together, you know, like, it's like the front of People Magazine, have you seen it? I have. Yeah, People Magazine, and then it's got, like, it's like the front page of People Magazine, she put, like, her fam- family's picture in there, the Doomers are in there, and then it's got, like, little headlines, and each headline is about each kid, mm. and it's pretty, uh, pretty cool. That's awesome. Fun to watch. So, uh. Thank you, Jackie, for being a tremendous marketing intern. Yeah, that worked. Um. And then kind of the last two things, Christmas traditions. You know, there's Midnight Mass. Some people do it, some people don't, but that's a thing. (laughs) It is. And then uh, the last one, buying presents for family members. It's always tricky. Yeah. And sometimes the funding to buy uh, presents for family members is also difficult. It's a fine line asking your mom to go buy a present. Yes. Or asking money from your mom to go buy a present. Yeah. Freshman year, I got socks for everyone. Nice. That's good. I got, uh, last year, uh, I got funding... uh, I got, I got like $100, and I went out and bought full-on onesies for all the girls, and they still wear them to this day. Like, the biggest hit present of all time. And then I bought my brother uh, a recharging, like, Xbox controller thing, so he's got, like, two rechargeable batteries, so he never has to go ask for batteries anymore. Nice. So, I would say I nailed Christmas last year, um, but now it's December 18th, and I have no idea what I'm going to do. I finished all my Christmas shopping today. Wow. So, congrats. Total brass. Sick break. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's trap a puck on this segment. That was sure. that was an awesome segment. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, Christmas time of year, you know. Yeah, and speaking uh, of Christmas gifts, yeah, it's time for the back pocket to create their own yeah Christmas wish list. Yeah, and so I don't uh, maybe we have some really nice marketing interns out there. Uh, maybe we uh, maybe we have some parents listening. Maybe we have some uh, people that we don't even know that are listening. Um, and you know, the back pocket um, definitely has a Christmas list. I don't know if any any of you guys were wondering that, but we do just to clear the air um, and. You know, this this segment doesn't necessarily have to do with our Christmas list, but it also has to do with what a need and a want is. So there are some things that the back pocket wants for Christmas, but there's other things that the back pocket needs for Christmas. Um, so let's first off go into the difference between a need of a, need and need versus a want, Andrew. Um, needs are things that are going to keep you surviving. Food, water, uh, shelter, house, shelter, things over your head. Faith in God. Absolutely. <laughs> those, those are needs. Wants, everything else. So if that isn't clear enough, that's, that's what we got for you. However, we're going to take a different approach. Um, let's just go, let's just get after the segment. I'm ready. Okay. Um, I'm going to start with some wants because okay. the back pocket has a lot of it. Okay. I think it's a lot easier for the back pocket to want things because when you come down to it, we don't really need anything because we're killing it right now. Sure. I can but say that. We we could use some things. Yeah, we could use some things for um, sure. So to start off, personally, I want an intern 
uh, an actual one that we don't have to pay, but like is with us. Um, like would want to do it to put it on his resume to say he was like part of a PR, like an uh, entrepreneurial startup. Uh, an entrepreneurial startup. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's not like a hard pitch to anyone around here. Correct. However, we haven't done it yet, and that's a want. <laughs> okay. And uh, I want an intern, and mainly their job will just take care of the YouTube page, do all the video recording, and and social media. I would, I would and social media that would be tremendous. Yeah. Um, so uh, if anyone's taking the hint here, uh, we're looking for an intern. You can put it on your resume. Put it on your resume. We'll let you. Pro learn. bono. Pro bono. Um, pro, pro bono. So uh, I have I have a uh, I have a need. This is oh this is a need. This okay. is a need. Um, so we need uh, more specific analytics. So we are really struggling in that realm. And the need, that's an absolute need. Yeah, that's an absolute need because we get this question so often. I feel like. I just feel disappointed when I can't answer. Yeah, when I can't answer because like we failed, we failed them, the people who are asking. (laughs) And it's not like someone's like, "Oh yeah, your analytics just came in the mail." Like (laughs) your mom sent your analytics. Like no one can physically give us this. Um, It's we have to search for it, and the need is put on uh, the back pocket as like a company to get those because I don't think we can really have any proof of what we're doing. Unless we have those analytics to back it up. Absolutely. So, that will help for a business plan. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm going to go back to the wants. Um, okay. This kind of goes hands in hand. Um, back pocket apparel. So like t-shirt, hats, uh, the back pocket skort that we promised back in the dance team podcast. That's still going to happen That's still going to sure. happen. And then that will come with like funding. Um, personally, I don't think we need um, like an angel investor because we're going to do this ourselves. But we just need money. We need to make money. <laughs> like yeah. ourselves to invest into the back pocket. Yeah. And right now we're still pu- putting money into school, so it's just it's kind of a hard time in our life. Yeah. Uh, we're we're in debt. We are in <laughs> breaking debt. news. Yeah. I, that's not shocking. I don't think. No. Um, yeah. I, I think the uh, the in initial investment for two college kids to provide shirts for you know I would I would assume, what thousands of people thousands yes <laughs> would be uh, tough yep and then um, also shipping. skorts I don't skorts. know how much those are going to cost but I, I'm, I I'm assuming it's, it's going to be a lot it's a lot it's going to be more than the shirt yes <laughs> so we'll have to uh, reinvest in the, well we won't have to reinvest we're just going to have to uh, accrue our money over time maybe a yes. uh, couple mu- couple bucks a week and then that accrues over time you do the math get some money eventually cuz now we have a logo we got to at, at least use it um, so, yeah, a new logo. Uh, so a need, another need. I have another need. Uh, okay. more two roses and a thorn, like in any Ooh. interview. In a, all, every interview. In every asset of this okay. podcast. Now, I feel like a lot of people listening here would be like, Declan and Andrew, please do not do any more two roses and a thorn than you have. And to what we say, thank you. We won't. <laughs> so, and that's their need. The marketing interns' needs are the number one needs. And that's what we meet on this podcast all the time. Um, that's that's awesome. That's well well thought out there, Deck. Um, I'm gonna go with another need. Um, this need is gonna be directed towards our Washington dead capital, and I would like a um, an even keel, 71 degrees in here at all times. Nice. That would be tremendous. That's a need. That's a need. Ooh, um, I was gonna say that as a want because you know we've kind of we've already lived every single season in this den through the podcast, and I'd argue we've did it. We've we've. We've we learned how we learned how to conquer the elements. I think you're absolutely right. That's why it would be a want because like we've already like our want our need is to make a good podcast. Our want is not to have a warm or our our want is that we just want to have a warm mm-hmm. atmosphere to do the podcast in. You know, I agree. I think I was getting a little greedy there. Um, I'm, I'm a little cold right now. That was a good example for yeah. our marketing interns mm-hmm. between sometimes maybe you think something is a need that's a want. Yes. So hmm. something to think about. Uh, I guess I'll have to think of another one. Uh, how about this need? Um, I need uh, 
I keep reverting back to this intern because this intern would be tremendous. <laughs> you love, we, I think I'm changing my to a want to a need. Um, <laughs> we're elevating. I'm elevating that yeah. one. If you guys didn't think we were serious the first time, now we've elevated it. We just went from need to want for the, the den being warm. Now we're actually elevating something we want to a need, which is an intern. Yes. So anyone, please. Again, we'll, <laughs> we're reaching out to our marketing yeah. interns. Come be an actual intern, yeah. and we'll give you some sweet t- job t- titles to Ooh, put I, on your resume. I, uh, one final want. Yes. I, I want producer Steve to come back. Steve-O, Steve-O, if you're listening, you've been away for, like, a lot of podcast episodes, and we don't know where you went. Steve, we're scared. We're lost. We need you. Yeah, any of our producers. We lost them all, so. First-string producer Steve, second-string producer Mark, third-string producer Greg, fourth-string producer Hunter. That's it. And that's it. I think we might have another fifth one in there, but regardless, we have a lot of, we need, we we want them back. We want you back. Okay, well, hey, um, speaking of our needs and wants, you know what we need? We need to kick it to our uh, interview. Um, so this interview was a great interview. We uh, interviewed uh, Corinne and Mike Best, or Dr. Carvalho. She does um, studies on video games and theology in the mix. And for anyone, and it applies to everyone, which you'll see and give it a chance. Let me tell you, for all those people that are like, I don't play video games, this is going to, and you have stereotypes revolving around the people who do play them, this totally opens your mind up to something completely new and awesome. And then for the people who already play video games, this is great because she's playing games like Skyrim, Call of Duty 4, Bioshock, Dark Souls, all these crazy games, and she's tying it all back to something that's educational. So, what do you say? Uh... And if you need anything for Christmas, you're still looking for uh, gift ideas, this is the podcast for you. So I hope you enjoy. Today we have a very special guest and a unique guest in a way that um, she's a professor here at St. Thomas. She's a theology professor, but her research and her research partner are here today to talk to us about the connection between theology and video games. Um, This is a very unique perspective that we hadn't heard of until Jill Mansky recommended her, and then once we realized her research study, we were all bored, and we wanted to have her on the back pocket. So, uh, Corinne and Mike, thank you for coming today. Thank you. Thanks Um, for having us. This is going to be an awesome interview, so marketing interns, if you are into video games and uh, have questions about theology, I think this is going to be the podcast for you. Yeah, and (laughs) if if you're, you know, an older listener, an older marketing intern and haven't played video games... Still very applied um, interview, so lock in. Let's get let's get going. So, um, you know what we ask this to all of our guests. We are average guys. We do average things. Um, something's good, something's bad. So we ask you both. Um, we can start with you, Corinne. Uh, what is your average quality? So what do I do, kind of average? Correct. Correct. Yeah. Uh, for me, I think that'd be playing piano. Mm. I'm, I'm nice. pretty average at that. Nice. <laughs> A musical instrument for me is far below average. I don't even think, I couldn't read um, the notes of, like, the different, I, I don't even know what to call them. Yeah. I am so musically <laughs> just deaf, it's just bad. I just don't, it's not even a quality of mine. So, it, so actually saying your average at it, it's actually pretty good. That's a, that's a nice brag on your head. I like that. Uh, how about you, Mike? Uh, to continue the music theme, I'm an average singer. Okay. okay. Right on. You guys will make not. a sweet band. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, boy. Yeah. It's a very average band. <laughs> uh, is it uh, sing in the shower, sing in the car, or not sing at all? Uh, sing anywhere that nobody else is around. It's, okay. it's convenient that way. Okay. You, you've sung at some gigs. Mm. <laughs> yeah. 
But we don't talk about it. Okay, sorry. But we'll cut that. That's okay. <laughs> Sometimes at mass, I'll let it go. Oh, like yeah. Because that, that everyone else is singing. Why yeah, not? You got your number to call it? You got yeah. to let it go. <laughs> let it go. Let it fly. Uh, so we do our research. Um, like Andrew mentioned before, a uh, friend of the program, Jill Mansky, uh, she referenced you. Um, but once the one thing she mentioned, not uh, in our interview per se, but she told us offline, was um, that you both, you and Jill went to Israel. Um, so we kind of wanted to touch on that and see how that, that all went. Oh, that was so awesome. We had so much fun. I was invited to give a paper at the World Congress of Jewish Studies. Mm. And so my husband was originally going to go with me. And then he chickened out. He decided not to go at the last minute. And I didn't really want to go alone. So I asked Jill if she wanted to go. And so she was my travel partner. And we just, I don't tell my husband this, but I'm really glad he didn't go. Because <laughs> Jill and I had a great time. Yeah, we'll cut that. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, we, we had so many interesting discussions um, as we were traveling that we can't, we, we were sitting there one night having some wine, believe it or not, and eating dinner and uh, decided that we should do this as a J-term course. So we, we came back, we wrote up a proposal for a J-term course, and we have been accepted to offer a J-term course in Israel in January of 2019. Wow, very cool. That's and awesome. that's going to be you and Joe? Yes. Uh, it's going to be one of those, yep, yeah, one of those 400-level interdisciplinary theology courses. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Sweet. So, I wish yeah. we had another opportunity to take it. Maybe we can come back. Yeah, can there we come go. as, like, uh, graders? Like, sure. Like, just hire us as, like, graders, making <laughs> sure, you know, that the kids are acting well, uh, the papers are, you know, are good. Yeah, like, there you go. We can do some side interviews for the back go. pocket yeah. and then help out with, uh, <laughs> you know, just make it more of a... And all around, just great. It's a great time. We just want to be a part of it. Yeah, yeah I, I hear you. Uh, I, I know the. I know the. Yeah. And that's thrill. great. You know, <laughs> Jill is a great. Uh, you know, travel partner because you know, as you probably know, she takes her trip to nowhere every yes. year. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know this wasn't too nowhere per se, but I'm sure she had some. Uh, no, I actually, play. I I booked hotels. I think it made her very nervous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, plan. That's, yeah. that's wild. That's priceless. Um, all right, so getting into more. Uh, theology and video games, but before we get into the theology part of it, uh, the back pocket, Andrew and I have, uh, we've, we're seeing an epidemic. Yeah, um, a confession we need to make. Yeah, maybe not, yeah, an epidemic and a confession that, you know, is is slowly arising. Um, We're concerned, very concerned. Yes. Um, So pretty much what it is, is, you know, Andrew and I and a lot of guys like us, a lot of marketing interns, you know, have been playing video games our whole life. Like, we've been committed to them, we've voluntarily committed hours on hours and all kinds of stuff, the video games, our whole lives. And then, you know, people ahead of us, the generation ahead of us um, are hard workers and they don't play video games and they don't have time for it and they never really played video games. Time as in, in quotes, you know. Yeah. Um, and now that we've, you know, we're washed up football players, we're about to graduate from college, we're, get, we're in the podcast scene, uh, like we are really concerned with, because we still love playing video games. I, we just bought the new Call of Duty, the new Assassin's Creed, all these new games. We're still buying them every year. We're still playing them, you know, maybe not to the extent that we used to, but still playing in a, a lot. And mm-hmm. so we're concerned that when we get these full-time jobs and we're still playing video games, like we're wondering that it, that might be an issue. How are we supposed to stop playing video games? Are we hitting a point in our life where video games need to come to a halt? Yeah. Um, I society we, has told us that. Society has told us that. Yeah, absolutely right. And we don't know. We don't want that to happen. But if to be successful, again, quote, unquote, close, yeah. Um, do we need to give up video games? I mean, Mike, you're in the same situation we are. We're heading towards a, a life with uh, maybe video games aren't 
um, supposed to be a part of that daily routine. What do you think about that? Uh, if that's the case, then I'm I'm failing at life. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have an issue. I still play. Yeah, I mean, that's what we think. We think like this is going to be a part. This is going to be a part of it, whether um, society accepts it or not. We are we are born with video games, and they're not going anyway going away anytime soon. Yeah, Corinne, do you think this is a, a potential issue? Yeah, I think you're ruining your life. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. Undercover to say that. <laughs> No, you know what I think is really interesting? I do think that there's a time in your life probably where if you have kids and family and jobs and things, it's harder to get that video game time in. And and I know this because I've been on some of the blogs, and older gamers are people in their 30s, which is hilarious to me since I'm in my late 50s, right? <laughs> there's no discussion of people like me. Yep. But when there is, what you find out is retirees actually have a lot of time to play video games and money to buy the best stuff. So, you know, if you have to put it aside for a while, don't worry. You'll have time to get back back to it. Full circle. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Because those 30-year-olds, they were the ones that came in with probably Saga. And those, like, they were the first people that Mm -hmm. had a video game console. Um, And we we probably came in around PS2, Mm -hmm. um, Nintendo. Yep. um, Xbox. Xbox is probably, like, when you were middle school, like, right there. So we've gotten, like, the advancement of the technology. Where those people have been since day one. Pong. And those are the old ones. Yeah, those hey. are the day one. Pong. Yeah, Pong. I <laughs> play Pong. <laughs> those games were so simple. In the arcade. No, on the TV. I had a brother-in-law oh. who had one. He brought it to our, my parents' house, and it was on the TV, and we That's played awesome. it. And there was, like, then, a control? To yeah, like just yeah, and it ruined your TV, apparently. <laughs> the technology was so bad that it would ruin your TV. <laughs> Kind of yeah. yeah, I think it's it also speaks to like the future generations too. You know, where the games are more on like your iPad now too, mm-hmm. and uh, and these consoles are just getting way more efficient, yeah. and the technology is growing. That like when we're fathers to these kids, you know, we're gonna be more accepting of the video games and yeah. understanding where they come from. Where it's like, yeah, I want to go outside and play, but I also want to play video games. So yes. we can. There's we'll be able to have a more coachable balance. Mm-hmm. I think. Um, but, you know, trapping the puck and, you know, moving forward to your guys' study, which is awesome. Your guys' both theology and video games. So you guys wrote a paper called Virtual Worlds, Virtual Violence, and Virtual Gender, The Martyrdom of Perpetua and Felicitas in Video Games. So uh, when we're, well, I guess we, um, can you kind of come or uh, give us a background on the story, on how this all came to be and like how you two met? Um, so... Corinne here, uh, <laughs> Dr. Carvalho at the time was my Theo 101 professor, and I did a really, I did my best to sleep through her class, and <laughs> she's, uh, she's too aware of that kind of thing, so she was like, hey, so I noticed you need help, and I was like, I don't want to do this, and I don't like theology, you know, that kind of stuff, and then she worked with me on it, and I kind of had a change of heart about the whole, like, study of theology in general, and after that, I don't know, we started working on, um, we met to, to get me to pass, <laughs> and then we, no we continued to work together because of your idea that you had. Yeah, so I had, been, I had done a cross-country trip with uh, my son, who you know, Declan, yeah, Mike Patton, and two of his friends. Um, we always took these road trips every summer to California to see my family. And um, as we were traveling, 
his, um, one of the kids in the car, we were driving through Wyoming, and he said, wow, this is really great. It's just like the game, blah, blah, blah. And trust me, when I was driving through Wyoming all those many times, I'm like, oh, my heavens, we're driving through Wyoming. (laughs) (laughs) And I sat there, and I listened to these three guys. They were all football players. They were all good in school. They were all college-bound. And I realized that all of the stereotypes about video game players was not true. It was it was wrong. That these they're not slackers. They don't they're not socially awkward. They're not suicidal. They're not violent. You know they're not sexist assholes. Um, can I say that on the podcast? Yes, yes, absolutely. So, <laughs> and I knew Mike gamed, and so when I came back, I started talking to him more about it. Now, as I just mentioned, I did pong, and I did video games for a while until my kids were born. Did video games played? Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> played video games until my kids were born. Back in the day, we did them. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> sure. And um, but then when the kids were born, I had to stop for a while. And then one day, I asked Mike to show me my son, Mike, to show me how to play. And he is a really bad teacher. <laughs> and so I thought, oh, well, there's no way I could learn how to do this. He'd just say, oh, well, mom, just press the buttons. And I'm like, that's the whole point. What buttons? What are you talking about? So I gave up. Well, Mike, this Mike Best is an excellent teacher. So I asked him if he could teach me to play. So we got a grant, a partnerships, a partnership and learning grant, so that, and it included him teaching me how to play the new video games. No way. And money. guess what? He, he paid us money. He, he paid us money, right? <laughs> so I bought, and it included buying the games themselves. And he, the evil, evil student at, that he was at the time, Super, uh, started me on Dark Souls 1. That's <laughs> and then it snowball effect. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. And just yeah. for our listeners, Dark Souls is a game that is uh, one probably popularly known as one of the hardest games of all time. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. awesome. And as a rookie game gamer, that's not that's really that's not where not you want to start. Want to yeah. <laughs> However, your expertise was able to yeah. get her to get her hooked because yeah. that I mean that's a story in itself. Yeah. Um, so how was like getting that? research grant like hey we're applying to get a grant i want you guys to give us money so we can play video games like how was that received by you know people who probably don't play video games as much well obviously they liked it they gave us yeah money. they did yeah. that's awesome <laughs> that's cool. yeah. no i think that they they saw it i tied it it uh i tied it to my teaching mm-hmm. you know i i've always so my area is old testament and i've always liked making connections with popular media and so my argument is there's a whole section of popular media now that there's no books on um there's nothing connecting bible to video games you get music you get you get movies and, and other things but not this and so it, it did kind of have a niche. And because St. Thomas is really so interested in pedagogy, it was supported. Yeah, well, awesome. awesome. Yeah. We um, know what pedagogy means, too, which is oh, the, the art it. of teaching. Yes. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> that was Joe. Yeah, Joe Manske. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so can you give us kind of an example? I know you mentioned one earlier when we were talking um, of just kind of that relationship between video games. Like, what is a good example of that genuine relationship? So I went into it personally thinking it was going to be about genre and story. So it, go, building off of my son's friend's comment, how does the content of video games, how can I engage it to engage concepts of myth and story? And one of the my research areas has been um, the role of violence in texts, in biblical texts. Um, and so I was thinking about how 
you know, how I, I draw those things in. But as we talked and as we started doing the video game research, it's it's now morphed into something different. It's really about some more um, esoteric topics like how is the interaction between the player and the game actually more like the interaction between an ancient audience and an ancient text that was primarily an oral culture. We have this model in our, our head of, you know, people in Jesus' time sitting down and reading the Bible. But they didn't do that because... <laughs> they loved it. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. But even the older scriptures, right? You know, they, the scrolls were really expensive. There, it was a, writing was a supplement to oral performances, so there was agency and interaction. And so those concepts of agency and interaction are there in video games. So I actually think your generation can understand these ancient texts better than my generation could, which was is so formed by linear reading. Mike, you probably want to add to some of those concepts as well, things that you find. Well, I mean, at the end of that grant, I got to teach a class of, of freshmen how to use Skyrim as a Jesus metaphor, and then you get to run around in Skyrim like some sort of demigod with fireballs and all this stuff, and how it's supposed to actually apply to what you're reading about in class, and you're supposed to actually learn more. And, you know, you're more engaged in class. You know, I was coming at it from the opposite direction of I wanted to find ways for other students to go from sleeping in theology to actually thinking like, oh, this is actually pretty rad. So I, I kind of thought, you know. Video games can do that. You can put yourself into a video game because your avatar is whatever's on, you know, whatever character's on the screen. And if you just have the right lens, you know, you can uh, you can start putting yourself into whatever text you're reading in class too. I just think it's really great. You had the idea for the Perpetua text, the because that's obviously not an Old Testament text, and you saw connections right away. Yeah. But I mean, there. Uh, which, <laughs> so, which so to... in terms of that that particular thing that we, that particular paper that they read. Um, Did you guys use Skyrim to um, <clears throat> represent Perpetua and Felicitas for that one? No, or we which, didn't. Which game did you use? There were many games actually. Okay. Um, I used Call of Duty Four at one point with the, the section where you're. Have you guys played that game? Oh, yeah. You played, yeah, and you, you know how you're, you're about to die, and it's like the first time you've ever played a game where your character dies, and you're just crawling out of the oh yeah the helicopter, mm-hmm. right. the nuclear bomb goes off, right? So it's like this out-of-body experience for you, because you're sitting there like, I, I can't do any of the stuff that I thought I could do. You know, I can't do anything that I thought I could do. It's, it's a completely different world, and you suddenly realize that as you're playing. And not all of it wound up in the actual paper, but like the idea being that you're you're having this realization, like uh, Perpetua did during her visions. Right? You're realizing something that's going on around you, even as you're kind of trapped in this virtual space. And for us, it's in a television, right? Yeah. It's on a screen or whatever. But we can at least um, learn, I guess, from that. Yeah, connect. Yeah. Well, and her visions have so many tropes that you still see in in video games, right? So the, I don't know if you remember the text, but, you know, she sees a dragon and she steps on its head or she fights this gigantic Egyptian and in the middle of this one visionary fight that she has with the Egyptian, she looks down and she's become male. 
And so there are really interesting gender things going on there. So how do gender and and uh, violence interact within a particular uh, trope, within a particular scope? And then at the end of the story, when she's actually killed, she acts very female. She is very demure. She tries to cover herself up. And so we trace how those, how shame, shaming and, and, and shameful deaths versus glorious deaths play out differently depending on gender in, in either set of stories. And so then you understand how the violence and the gender works in her visions and in the story because you can see it in other games as well, right? Where you can, uh, we, we looked at how masculinization, you looked at that, that was your part, the masculinization of some of the characters. and Like XCOM 2 and stuff like that. You put on a specific... The Berserker armor. I, I, I liked that game a lot at the time. You put on a Berserker armor and you, you gain all this muscle mass, it looks like. And you also happen to gain a very large uh, bulge. And you're just like, wait a minute. That character was female, like, two seconds ago. Yeah. But it actually, like... If you actually sit down and think about what's going on there, like, it, you can you can gain from that. Yeah. I think so. the one thing that's, like, cool about what you guys are doing is showing that video games aren't just a surface... Like let's have fun playing the video game thing. Right. These are million dollar corporations yeah. that are making these games once, twice a year, and are putting tons and tons of hours into the story, into the presentation of it, into how the user feels when they play it. Like the video games have are not just pong anymore. Like right. they are in depth stories with that, personalities, with personalities mm-hmm. and huge followings, and smart people playing them. Yes. Right. So you. You two don't become stupid when you come home and you're playing your video games, right? Your mind is still there. So as an instructor, as a, to be able to leverage that, yeah, right. to get you, because then all of a sudden, theology, the Bible, is relating to your world. It's not just some, you know, oh, yeah, blah, 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 reading from the book of Amos. It's not that. It's like, <laughs> wow, you know, look at those crazy things they're saying. I've seen that before. And it's just, uh, I don't know, it's exciting. Yeah. Would it be uh, fair to say that your uh, a good portion of your life life's work has been with the Bible, with the Old Testament? Oh yeah. Okay, so my PhD is in Old Testament. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Um, so with that and having it, uh, just a, like a spark of perspective and real realization that all of you, this work that you've been doing, can relate to video games. I mean, that's really cool that you were able to have that awareness and level of perception because I I feel like not a lot of people take time to take a step back and realize like a strong topic and an influential topic such as the Bible and Catholicism and everything like that relates to something that people treat very lightheartedly and also have a negative connotation Mm -hmm. with video games. Um, So I'd like to just... The guys in the back pocket are just (laughs) thoroughly impressed. (laughs) It's really cool that we're having this conversation because I think um, expanding that and bringing awareness to that is just huge. And I know you're doing that um, to your best ability, and I think we have a, a following that could also expand upon that as well. Yeah. And I just want to say, you know, I talked about the bro trip, but really talking with Mike Best here the, about you were the one who started doing the analytics and, and started asking me questions about some of your analysis of the games. Yeah. What do you think about this, or what do you think about that? And we had these great conversations, and it was like it all came together, and it's like, this is really interesting. Yeah. Um, and so... 
it's, yeah. it's just been symbiotic from the beginning. Yeah. So the original portions, was it a lot of you bringing up, like, hey, I see these comparisons? Do you agree, disagree type thing? Yeah, yeah it really was. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. That's really cool. And what were the video games that you, like, initially kick-started those comparisons? Was it the Dark Soul or... Dark Souls uh, actually was kind of easier because they're going for a specific thing with their own text and the way the game already works. Um, I brought up Hearthstone in the paper that I wrote oh, yeah. uh, for our independent study. I I did... Um, I brought up Halo and... and uh, yeah, and like Bioshock, Infinity, and other things. A lot of the games have their own deliberate, textually driven things yeah. that are really great. I think that um, what's really fascinating for me is after we kind of went through that stuff, was when we started working on how these smarter gamers can subvert the game yes. as it's made. You know, like the Skyrim, nobody's directly telling you that you, you, this is Jesus now, and he's got a, a large battle axe or whatever, and you. <laughs> You are some guy that was around at the time, but you can you can kind of break the game in that sense, and and morph it into something that suits you, in that way. And that's kind of where I think it, it left the ground of of where people can just kind of like, oh yeah, this is connected to this and this, and you know, you, I don't know if you've ever been to like a Sunday school or something like that yeah. where they tried to get Lived you all in Sunday pumped school. about. Yeah, <laughs> did they ever try to get you all pumped about how you know? God is everywhere, and or some sort of similar thing. Like you can find Moses in this real life thing, and you're just like, wow, the burning bush moment. <laughs> yeah, right. And you're just like, at times it seems forced a little bit, just a little bit or a lot bit. Uh, yeah. Sarcasm coming through. <laughs> and uh, I, I, that kind of stuff always pushed me away. So finding ways to subvert these games and like to get underneath the the skin of these games, get away from their personal lore and text and whatever and, and just apply one is more interesting to me so it's cool um, and more specifically I know you um, Corinne mentioned that you kind of dealt with the depictions of female and male characters and briefly in your research paper you mentioned a few things um, the transformation capabilities you already mentioned um, how about there was this one paragraph describing like the, the fluid gender performance in Skyrim if you want to expand upon that for our marketing interns I found that really interesting um you know, I I didn't read the. You didn't the, reread your paper. No, <laughs> not in the not in the moment. The the I, gender uh, fluid for me it was that you can you can select your gender. I'm I'm a male, straight white male at six foot four feet tall, right? I I, I or six foot four, you know, whatever. I know exactly what I am right here, but I can select a female cat in Skyrim or something like that. Yeah. Like that's what my character is going to be, and there's no questioning of that. There's no, like, thought in my brain that's like, well, no, wait, that doesn't... That, that doesn't, doesn't add fly. up. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, you, you go, oh, that's weird, that's a cat. And then you kind of think, oh, I, I kind of want to be a cat. You know, like, I'm usually a female in the, these characters in, in games that you can choose and whatever. And it just it's just yeah. kind of like, it feels like a different perspective. Yeah, sure. Even though it's a different world in the first place. Mm-hmm. And it, then and then the cat never performs its gender anyway. It doesn't stop to nurse its kittens, for instance. Yeah, nothing <laughs> nothing changes exactly. Yeah. You're still this gigantic, like this, you know, very violent, masculine Demi- character. Yeah. As as even as a female cat or whatever it is, you're still walloping giant, you know, whatever creatures <laughs> whatever in any game. Yeah. Exactly. So, and Corinne, I know you mentioned like with specifically with Skyrim was being able to like live that in that time and then 
the things that are in the game are mm-hmm. used as metaphors. Mm-hmm. So, like you mentioned, I think what the kings of Israel yeah. are not in the in the Bible. The kings of Israel, when they mention it, I don't know where you can correct me, mm-hmm. um, but mentioning that is a metaphor, not like legitimately the kings of Israel. It's setting a it's setting a backdrop, right? Correct. So you play Skyrim within a medieval kind of landscape. And I think I mentioned you, so the guy from Bioshock coming in would not work, right? right? And you can't have a gun. Right. Because that wouldn't fit. But you can shoot fire out of your hands, which does the exact same thing as a gun would. But it's <laughs> got to fit that little... That, Mantra. Yeah, that time setting that... Yeah, so that's... Yeah. that's and awesome. a lot of these video games like that um, try to depict like the human vulnerabilities, the human issues, because that's where we can relate most to. Mm-hmm. Um, are, do you feel like there are... Some that are more appealing for you as a user that right now that like the this vulnerability of like the, the world ending or uh, like a communist dictator shit feeling like they're they're all every video game has that depiction of trying to play to what the needs of the consumer. Um, I guess my question would be any like thoughts on expanding upon that. Do you agree? Disagree? I we we both well I'll speak for myself but I think we kind of agree on this. I'm pretty cynical. So, like, in Bioshock, <laughs> when you've got Agreed. the little girls, it's like, oh, that's such a ploy to get me to try and save them. You know, they're, they're, they're trying to feed on my emotions. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. Um, I, I think that, like I was saying earlier, like, yeah, absolutely, they're, they're, they put a lot of effort into trying to make us like the game. Like, they're trying to, they're trying to pinpoint a really wide but specific audience with a lot of money uh and and it it just doesn't apply to the way that i play games anymore after we started working together which is a lot more free i think because you can kind of just say okay well i don't like i can i can just change what this virtual world is doing for me just because I would rather it were doing something else. Nobody's going to stop me. I've already bought the game. Mm-hmm, um, so, yeah. Power's in your hands pretty much. Yeah, it really is. That's kind of the whole idea of gaming in the first place. You know, you can't, you can't control what's happening in this television show. You can change the channel, but yeah, whatever. You can't control what's happening in the show you're watching, but you can control what's happening in the game you're playing. You know, like, I just like that better. Yeah. So, Do you think that um, like video game users could use this awareness as well. Like, you had that kind of aha moment of, like, hey, this is not just a video game. It's not just about beating it and getting 100%, yes. stuff like that, which I feel like a lot of people focus on. Mm-hmm. Um, have you guys tried to reach out to, like, the video game community and saying, like, hey, this is worth more than what you guys are getting out right now? Or do now? you think that's already kind of received? Yeah. I'm kind of curious. Well, to me, that's one of the generational differences. Okay. There are a lot more older gamers out there than you realize because mm-hmm. now when I talk about it a lot of people my age and older play they admit to it yeah. <laughs> like, oh, okay. it's, they it's just, a safe space yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> no but they just have no interest in the blogs they have no interest in the chats they don't want to go online and hey hey I beat you you know they just want to play the game mm-hmm. and so I think that in that way there's a cultural difference uh, they don't use the games to create new communities necessarily okay You've read a lot of the blogs, though. I still keep up with a lot of those communities, and <laughs> I think that they act like a wood chipper a lot of the time. I don't think that a lot of stuff that goes in comes out the other side with any new, like, shine or anything. I don't... I think that in a lot of ways, um, it can really, like, take you away from what the game 
like can do for you if you start reading about it or reading people's opinions. Um, so no, I haven't personally tried very hard to to reach out to the gamers. In fact, we've mostly just been reaching out to academics, and yeah, we've been like true. giving. We thought about sending something to that. Um, that one. Oh, Kill Screen um, Daily. Kill Screen Daily. Because yeah. they actually put an effort in to yeah. be academic about it, which might right. be good. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Yeah, because I feel like there's a huge connection, I mean, just for, like, two average guys who play video games, and, like, we keep up with the block. I, I wouldn't say I keep up with the blocks, but I just, like, enjoy playing these games and know a lot about them. That, like, when you guys introduce something like this, and going back to even what you said of the average video gamer is not just a dumb, like, lazy guy. Mm-hmm. He's a motivated, educated person. Um, who just likes to play video games, if you reach out to them with the academic side of that and it's applied to something that they like to do in their free time, there's your there's yeah. your business right yeah. here. And it's awesome to like just be able to have that experience. Absolutely. Um, so should we get to the game? Yes. The I, game. We, we always love playing a game. We, we, we add the game towards the back end of the show okay. because by this time we feel like you guys have a feeling of what the back pocket is. You understand our vibes. The vibes of the back pocket understand you. Um, <laughs> so... Um, tis the season of giving, and uh, we need some video game suggestions. Okay. For various categories of people, for various people in specific. And why? And why? Yes. You gotta give them a why. Okay. You know, if I'm giving my dad, you know, some random game, he has no implement like inclination to play the game. You know, so mm-hmm. we're, that's what we're trying to get at. So first one, right off the bat, you know, for sports guys, you know, and entering the world of first-person fiction video games, like what's your What's your sell on that? Mike? Uh, for sports guys, specifically in the sports idea, like... like um, these get so, where there's only... They've only been playing, like, NHL and Madden their whole video FIFA, game. Madden. FIFA. We buy the same game every single year. Yeah. I, I'm, uh, this is me, most of the time. <laughs> FIFA, I'm, I'm a FIFA dedicated guy. I'm still crying about when NCAA, um, you know, ended their Football, run. yeah. Whatever, but can, just sports and now, guys. Now they're transitioning to a first-person fiction... Um, video game. What would be the best game to enter? Uh, that's really tough. I wouldn't even. I would just recommend you play NFL Blitz. Oh, way back in the day. Absolutely. Yeah, you ever play that? Yes. <laughs> of course. No, <laughs> um, Rocket League is another Rocket one that's League, like it's a sport, but it it takes all of the skill out of it, so it's fun instead. You know, <laughs> like you, you can't try hard enough to win because you never like I don't know. It's You're just not too nuts. Just yeah. you just fly around kicking a ball around with a race car yeah that's perfect it's awesome. amazing <laughs> um I don't know how to translate otherwise directly that's great, great that's, those are I'm great. getting NFL blitz again <laughs> <laughs> that was my childhood yeah, that, that NFL street like the ones that yeah. weren't actual like sport you didn't need to have like a background of we'll passing this guy we'll because this guy around, yeah. covering yeah. this guy no it's just physical <laughs> pain <laughs> it was awesome <laughs> okay. I'd like that so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah seriously um here, how about this one? So we have a friend, uh, Orch, uh, Austin Orch, and he um, he despises the uh, the fictional storylines. Just he's not a fan of these um, these games like Skyrim, um, Jack and Daxter. For those of you who go back to PS2, um, what would you say to him, or what video games would you present to him to convince him, like, hey, these games need to be played because you'll enjoy it. Yeah. What does he like to read? Um, what would you say? I would say he he's a big believer in, like, fake real-life things that could happen. So, like, the end of the world, or, like... Portal. Portal. The you should play Portal. Okay. It's a first-person, like, parkour game. 
Yeah, it was with, with actual puzzles. portals. Yeah, with like, portals, yeah. yeah. The, the story is way back. I'm Honestly. thinking of Mirror's Edge, sorry. Portal is another one. Though. Mirror's Edge is another idea, though. I didn't think yeah. about that. That's <laughs> a little more fast-paced. Yeah. Portal would be sweet, though. Okay. Morse does seem like a portal guy. I think he'd enjoy... Is there, like, different uh, dimensions? Is this, like, a... Film being on portals, is like a... For, like a... I'm trying to picture what like exactly it would be. Uh, <laughs> portal's awesome. So you get this portal gun, you, you shoot a portal over here, one doorway, and then you shoot the other doorway over there, and you like walk through that one, and you pop out over there. Okay. And so there's a whole bunch of puzzles. Um, some of them are kind of like, whoop-de-doo, you know, move a box to the other end of the room, push a button or whatever, but some of them are really interesting. You have to use physics and gravity and whatever. Okay. But more a big physics guy. Yes. Yeah, and, and more importantly, the, the story is really, really slight slowly fed to you and extremely dry black humor mm. so it's funny <laughs> it's 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 entertaining it's not in your face it's totally fictional it could never happen in our current world because we don't have portal guns but we could have portal guns okay. so. mm-hmm. I like that um, that's sweet we'll, we'll make sure we relay that to Lorch yes. um, another one we got uh, so Andrew and I both have girlfriends not to brag uh, they don't play they don't play video games but um, and they are kind of opposed to the whole bloody scene of like why are you guys playing Call of Duty mm-hmm. and like shooting people up uh, what's a game that we could show them that would convince them otherwise or you know maybe steer their interest towards it well you could show them Gears of War or something and show it I love Gears of War it could definitely get a lot worse with yeah. Gears of War <laughs> Chainsaw people in half. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's Show more blood in that game. Corinne, how do you put on this one? I mean, you might be able to help us out. Yeah. So, and I'm like, listening to you too with your scenarios. I want to say to your girlfriends, get over it. And I want to say to that other guy, read a story. What's wrong with a story? Read a book, Call him out. And you know, the thing is, what's so funny is we have these gender expectations, right, of the players themselves. Yeah. We have ageism going on in video game culture. We have gender assumptions, right? And so I'm supposed to like things like Minecraft and, you know, Legoland and... And I like to bludgeon people. I really like to kill people. And that's my favorite thing to do in a video game. <laughs> and so these expectations that we have, it's hard to just say, just because they're your girlfriends, yeah, you know, sure. that you know, they pick have out a game for you. Exactly. Yeah, no, I agree. They just need to accept it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Or get them Nintendo games, you know, like racing Mario Kart and stuff like that. That's way more brutal than you'd think it is, but you don't have to tell them it is until after they've throwing a few shells at you and like, <laughs> cackled in your face you know, do you realize what you just did to me you know, that kind of stuff get, like my girlfriend likes that you know, I think yeah. that'd be fun get your dating advice from Mike not from me <laughs> love it um, so I mean you're a video game expert Declan also has a ton of knowledge my, me per se I'm not one to say I'm qualified to talk about video games however is there a hidden gem in your video game um, Rolodex that you feel like you need to expand upon for our marketing interns. And more so for, like, the middle schoolers, or, you know, the, not even say middle schoolers, but just people in general who are buying, like, Call of Duty. Like, the Stuff name the brands that ones. just is thrown in your face mm-hmm. on TV everywhere. What's, like, the hidden gem that these kind of people can go through? Oh, man. I have to... Okay, I so love Talos Principle. <laughs> okay. I've never Talos, heard of that. Of course, because it's not a console game. It's on... Uh, I don't think it's available on console. Uh, I think you could get it now, but, but it's something you have to buy yeah. on the... 
It's Mark definitely Lewis. a puzzle game, especially for those who like the electronic physics. Um, to do the puzzles, you have to figure out how to use um, transmitters to open uh, certain things. Uh, the, your first person is this robot kind of guy, but he's walking around in an ancient context. So right now I'm in ancient Egypt. And then there are, there's a god, Yahweh, who talks to you mm. as you're doing these things. And you ha- have to figure out what he, what's going on and what your role is. And so okay. there's, there's a lot of really interesting things going on. The graphics are great. Mm-hmm. All right, we'll have to look into that one What do you sure. got, Mike? Um, I, would, I would just recommend buying Kingdom Hearts 2 and then never making fun of me for it. Because that <laughs> one's one of those ones where you can, you can either be like, what's wrong with that guy? Why is he... 24, and I'm up, you know, at night on the weekends playing this game because I just bought it again. <laughs> again? <laughs> yeah. I ret- retrieved it after selling it years ago and regretting it forever. But, I mean, there's something about playing, it's Final Fantasy plus Disney, and, and somehow that's, like, just so innocent and, and, and fun and still kind of weird. Mm-hmm. And then people walk in and they're just like, what are you playing? Oh, what? Is that, <laughs> is that Mickey Mouse? Uh, all right, well. I uh, have to play now. Yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> I just think it's really great, but uh, there. I mean, I could probably come up with other ones. Yeah. I have a suggestion, and I suggested this to Corinne earlier. And I don't know if you've heard about this game, um, but my brother plays this. That he loved it was Cupheads. Oh yep, Cupheads is an awesome game. It's like this takes place in like the old school like Disney cartoon ish, and there's Cuphead and Mugman, and they just go through and like go through boss levels. It's an entire two D game, and it's just like. It's hard, but it's it's so just so insane. fun. Yeah. It's crazy. They drew, they hand drew. They hand drew the every frame. single thing in yeah. that game was wow. hand drawn. On it. It's it's actually astounding. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Um, and then the last one would be um, the guys in the back pocket. We've interviewed our parents here um, on the show, <laughs> and they know what we're about. However, they don't know per se the video game realm, so we need some help. What would be a good holiday gift to get our parents if they were to enter in the uh, the video game atmosphere? I bet they're already playing app games, so I mm. think you just have to laugh at them. Mm. <laughs> you're already in. Yeah, yeah, you're already you're in. There. Yeah. You're wasting <laughs> you're your life, yourself. Mom. <laughs> Dad, you're going to be nothing but a loser. <laughs> That's awesome. Mm. Well said. Portal 2 has a co-op mode where you play as the two robot characters in that one. That would be hilarious. If I watched, if I got my parents to sit down and play that game, you actually have to, you really have to have a strong relationship not to, you know, break down after a little while and just be like, what are you doing? You know, <laughs> that would be really good at, at just kind of showing, you know, maybe the next day yeah. that, uh, you know, games can be a little bit more, um, it can require more of you than just... My parents told me my brain would melt or whatever yeah. it was. Yeah. Button smashing. So, yeah. yeah, I would. I would love to see my parents do a co-op tag team on like a Lego Star Wars. That would be all <laughs> <about it>. excellent. <laughs> Seriously, they know the story already. They're playing with little block humans. Yeah. <laughs> they have to solve puzzles. Yes. That would be great. No words are spoken. You never. Yeah. I mean, yeah, the original it, it ones. Is, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. so great. Uh, um, all right, well, let's, uh, that, that concludes our game, and uh, let's trot the puck to our final two questions that we ask our guests. So um, we can go about this anyway as far as a bar story for the both of you guys or for one of you or both of you, it doesn't matter. Um, so we ask you, uh, what is your bar story? 
Well, I meant to ask you what that question was. Okay, so <laughs> we can set the scene. We, yeah, we're we'll going to set the scene, okay. guys. Andrew? Yeah, so you're, uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be at a bar, but we picture it at a bar, and you're uh, coming off work, say it's on a Thursday or a Friday, end of the week. Blowing off steam. Blowing off steam. It's like 4 o'clock, and someone sits down right next to you, um, and they're, they want to have a conversation with you, and you don't, and you want them to know who you are and what you're about and what an experience you've had that kind of summarizes yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so this question is kind of emulated. Is there a story about you that you could say, this is really, this represents was really unique. Me. It was, uh, represents me. It, it will interest this person. It will keep his attention. That thing. No, I walk away. <laughs> <laughs> I go back to the table and have wine with Jill. Awesome. Mike? I had this. I had a similar question uh, recently, and I'm trying to remember what that story was. I don't. I don't know. I. I. I think that. Uh, I think a really good story that kind of sums up who I am right now is the story of us going and giving the conference speech with that with the paper we were talking about earlier, actually. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if I were sitting down, you know, at a bar or whatever, blown off steam, I'd be like, yeah. So I walked into this college and. Looked around at all the everybody roughly twice my age and sincerely told them that I believe Grand Theft Auto has a, has a significant place in their lives. Like I just <laughs> just watching that happen and also my parents sitting there because they they didn't want me to get an Xbox. The most yeah, the most condoned game like when you're in fourth grade yeah. and Vice City came out or whatever oh, the heck yeah. the game's called. My mom's like, you will not ever play Grand Theft Auto, and to this day I've played every single one, but don't let her know. (laughs) (laughs) Great advocacy. I think that's a good, like, representative story. Yeah, that's that's awesome. awesome. Mm, Very cool. Congratulations on your guys' work, by the way. It's so cool what you guys are doing, and, you know, it it really grasped the attention of Andrew and I and a lot of other people out there that have no idea, and it applies to everyone, whether you think video games is stupid you come with that connotation, or you love video games, you know, it, it applies to everyone, which is great. Um, so to finish off, uh, we asked this to all our guests as well, is what did you learn from the time that you woke up until now? And some people, they believe this is the most difficult question of our, <laughs> our entire interview, because sometimes you just don't think about, hey, I did actually yeah. learn something relatively, I can apply it to my daily routine, or I can apply it to my future today. I learned about the growing audience in podcasts. Sweet. Yeah, that Sweet. was awesome. Right I'm going to have to do more. And, and how you said that if you're a podcast listener, then you build on it. And there are certain ones, you know, that kind of, if you listen to this, then you tend to listen to that. Yeah. And There's so, a dedicated following. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything kind of strings together. But yeah, Phil um, from Homie, the, we had him on earlier, not too long ago. Um, I forget what podcast it was. But yeah, he told me. That what we're doing is really good because the podcast industry is has tripled in size in the last three years. Yeah, so that's what I learned. Awesome, thank you. Mike, what did you learn? I learned that to effectively prepare for a good interview, you have to reread your own work. So you <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Really, I, I did not even think about that, yeah. so now I know. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny how different things stick with you. Like a reader, like I'll read your paper and I'll get one thing out of it, and you're like, I really didn't. Have and like yeah. and dive in depth into that yeah. but now that you say it I probably should type yeah. of thing yeah. uh, how much uh, that happens to authors in general oh, yeah. like people just looking way too much into their story like George Lucas probably oh my like gosh. Star Wars <laughs> yeah. like 
He probably has to apologize to people for like accidentally writing something a certain way. <laughs> like, you that's mean like not... the Bible? Or the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Bible. Yes, and on that note, uh, thank you guys so Thanks. much for coming. This was an honor. It was a pleasure. So that was our interview with Corinne and Mike. Uh, we didn't really know what to expect going into that. We, we did our research, but you know, you never know what you're going to get because you haven't met these people in person yet. Yeah. And uh, that was outstanding. Right? Also, uh, I'm going to go ahead and give out the research award to Andrew here. Um, Andrew did his research and read, I think, you know, a, a good portion of the paper that they A strong us. skim. Yeah, a strong, a strong skim and, you know, referred to a question from the strong skim and totally stumped Mike. Like, Mike... Well, like, Andrew quoted something that Mike said in his paper, and Mike was like, oh, man, I don't remember writing that. <laughs> but, hey, that our research is sometimes uh, more than it needs to be, which yep. is great. Um, so good work there, Andrew. Thank you. I also found out and discovered about myself that, like, I'm a total video game nerd. Yeah, you were, you had content, like, with... In addition to Mike. In addition to Mike. <laughs> you were feeling it. I just sat there like, all right, I'm glad Dex here because <laughs> this is over my head. Um, so well done thank yeah, you that's yeah. why it's a given That's I, this is the third time I'm going to say this in this podcast it's a give and take um, relationship with about just anything yeah, sure. so this podcast is a give and take relationship the content we build give and take relationship mm, easy give and take G&T mm-hmm. F&B food and beverages F&B yep. but has no relation just thought I'd say it um, so let's kick it to our back end here um, we have you know this is where we're at our best this is uh, the final back end that you'll hear from us uh, for a while so uh, we'll pause for a second. Moment of silence for us. You know, it's just really sad. Okay, now we're back. Now we got your attention. So, what did we learn this week? Um, you know, we always finish with with uh, what did we learn and a feel good story. Um, what did I learn? Uh, so first of all, I just want to set a premise. Uh, this is a spoiler for Star Wars. So, if you haven't seen Star Wars yet, don't say anything or don't listen to this part. Just skip. Uh, say a minute ahead. Skip. Just hit the fifteen plus fifteen second like four times and then you'll be good to go. This is regarding Star Wars Episode Eight. So, uh, one thing I learned about this week regarding uh, Star Wars Eight, and it's actually something that I didn't learn, was uh, about Snoke. I thought I was going to come into Episode Eight uh, learning a little bit more about uh, Snoke, the evil... I don't know, he's not a Sith Lord, but he was like the... Supreme Emperor. The su- Supreme, Supreme Emperor of uh, the Supreme First... Leader. Supreme Leader of the First Order, which are like the new bad guys, and then these new, episode, new, new Star Wars episodes... I thought I was going to, like, you know, leaving off from 7, like, he was a big unknown. Everyone had their hot takes on it, and then I thought Episode 8 was going to answer it. Uh, we actually just were left with more questions, clearly, now that he's dead. Um, so, whew. great scene, by the way. Great but. scene. I I have mixed reviews about the Episode 8. Um, at the end of the day, I enjoyed it. I'm oh, so happy great there was spectacle. more content on yeah. Star Wars. They did a tremendous job. Um, there are some things. Obviously, every movie has flaws. You know, you have tremendous expectations with Star Wars. Yeah, Princess Leia. Uh, I, I just so the Princess Leia scene, like I have a problem with, but the it's not the problem that Princess Leia survived. It's more of like, what is the Force now? There were we, so many questions. There's so many that, questions about so what the Force is than I actually thought it was. It's beyond. and I think it's stronger because it's just deeper into the Star Wars series, right? I mm. mean. Now you have people who have the Force. It's more of like if you believe in what the Force is, because it's such a small thing now. Like, remember, it was only the Jedi's had the Force, right? Yeah. And everyone knew that. Everyone looked up to the Jedi's. Now it's like there's no Jedi's left. Like Luke's gone. Yeah, Leia still here, I guess. But you know, there's not there's not a lot of people with the Force left. So people who believe in the Force now, 
and are able to acquire that force is like I feel like is the most potent form of it instead of it just getting like taught to you or handed to you. So I feel like that aspect of it introduces a new like type of force. So that's our Star Wars talk. Yeah. We and, apologize for the spoiler alert. Well, and and Yoda. Oh. Um, one thing, and Yoda like totally gives us a premise. Like when he's sitting there with Luke and he's like, sometimes you just got to learn to let go. I feel like he was just talking to the viewers and was just saying like, hey, like you guys love one through six, but you got to let go. It's a new story now. I, I feel I like Yoda was talking to us. Too. I wanted to have this conversation uh, <laughs> off the air, but... You know, hey, whatever. It happens yeah. because you get rolling and you just we just have it. You just yeah. want to talk Star Wars, yeah. but we're gonna stop here because we apologize for the spoilers. Yeah. So now tune back in. This is no spoiler content. Now, no. uh, what did I learn today? Um, I learned that um, the back pocket had a wildly average first season, and I mean that in the highest regards. Um, we had so many highs throughout this thirty-four, throughout this ten-month process, eleven-month process. Yeah. So many highs with many lows. Many times where we had to overcome, we had failure, just like Greg Kriege said. Yeah. It was our time for for growth, and uh, yet we continued to plug along and push forward to develop content, 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 and it was it was just glorious. It's a learning experience for sure, and mm-hmm. it definitely was a good, um, you know, intro, uh, so, a good experience to have at this age, where we're twenty one year old sappy old guys and just average dudes doing whatever they want to do, you know, following their passions. So it was cool. I mean, I, we had a blast, and I can't wait to get back after it next semester and really you know, hit it full force and, you know, start a new season where knowing all the stuff that we learned these past, past 10 months. Absolutely. Um, so that's the, that's our final What Did You Learn segment um, of Season 1. And now this is going to be our final feel-good story of Season 1. Um, so tune in. This is going to be very positive because, again, we're positive guys. Love leaving on a positive note. Um, the back pocket's going to be back in February, baby. Yeah, that's a great feel-good story. <laughs> I love it. We're so back and... We can't. We can't wait. It's gonna be. Uh, we'll. We'll see you next year. That's. A, that's always a great. You know, little, uh, 2018 gimmick that people always say. Yep. Um, but yeah, we'll be back in February. Um, I'm excited. Like we just said, uh, I don't think we need to reiterate that enough. But you know, just just be ra- just be there waiting for us. I guess. Um, we hope. We hope to have the same sort of following as we did, um, just now. But you know, obviously, with where we're gonna be for the next six weeks, it'd be hard to produce potent and good average content for you guys. So, um, we hope you understand. And then a little side feel-good story. Um, LC has returned home. From London. From London. Um, so, welcome back, LC. Oh, and LC uh, gave me a little report. LC, uh, marketing intern, um, she was able to tell me uh, that actually Europe does have um, daylight savings. So, if you remember from Podcast 32, um, I said Europe just doesn't have daylight savings. How does that work? Well, they do have it. I was just confused because Europe actually just has daylight savings at a different time than the United States, which still, Europe, how are you getting away with that, and how does that work? So, still, more questions. More questions. Star Wars hey, episode 8. We, we had a little failure. We admitted it. Opportunity for growth. Yeah, it's okay. And then, uh, yeah, let's, I mean, that made me feel good. We, we got some answers. Again, there's still some more questions, but uh, at the end of the day, you know, we're feeling good. We can't wait to be back with you guys in February. Um, We hope you guys have a great holiday season and a happy new year. See you next year. Love you guys. Take care. Take care.